UFO round table. The UFO thinker and pursuit of the paranormal podcasts. So I'd like to welcome everybody to another monthly roundup round table with myself, Frank, a UFO thinker podcast in collaboration with Ash and Greg of Hello. UFO Identified and Pursuit the Paranormal Podcast. How are we doing, chaps? Yeah, good, good. Thank you. Good, good. Ash, fresh from his nap that we just woke him, <laughs> just arisen from his slumber to join us here. I have, I have. I'm a bit slow tonight then. That <laughs> it's might all good. <laughs> and uh, back with us once again for a return appearance to the roundtable is Charlotte, aka Thunderbird. How are you hey. today, Charlotte? Hi, nice to see you guys. How are you doing? Oh, good. Yeah. Right. So we'll dive straight into these topics then. So is it the logo? Is it the logo? <laughs> it is. It is going to be the logo. Uh, so we, we sort of already had a few topics in mind for today's roundtable, but over the last few days, a few kind of emerging stories have well emerged, and I thought it'd be worth digging into those a bit since they are a bit of the talk of the town at the moment. It so emerged and disappeared again yeah emerged and demerged <laughs> or whatever submerged whatever the word would be so first of all then there was a, a an interesting logo which was being shared around on social media spreading around twitter like wildfire and this this logo was the nim a national intelligence manager for aviation within the ODNI, Office of the Director of National Intelligence. Um, and it included a few arrows with um, drones and aircraft and a fairly prominent flying saucer, which is obviously the bit that everyone got excited about. And, and it was up in several parts of a web page with a .mil domain, which are restricted to agencies, services and divisions of official government agencies and whatnot. So I and you know many other people initially thought, wow, this is the real deal, pretty interesting. But then a few cracks started to appear. And you know, first of all, there was a few different versions of the image. I spotted that the, the header image looked a bit different to the larger image used further down the page. And not only was the, the color scheme different, um, the, the saucer itself was different. And in the smaller header version, the text wasn't even aligned properly. Like I'm not, I'm not a graphic designer or anything, but it was really quite badly aligned and way off. And a, and a few other people pointed out that the website looked a bit amateurish, including yourself, Ash. And, mm. and there was a few, you know, broken links. And, and the, the logo also included some stock images and things that you can find on Google, which also have added up to cast a bit of doubt on the situation. Um, then a few people spotted that an official military-affiliated affili- website was actually selling a military patch of the logo, which sort of more pointed towards it being real. And also the, the discrepancy of the different images you know, potentially could just be explained by having a slightly different version depending on whereabouts on a web page it was going to be used, often the case when you have images done by a graphic designer. You know, for example, I've had logos done in the past and sometimes an image that you use for a thumbnail might be slightly different, like simplified to make it appear better when used as a tiny thumbnail, whereas the full-size, full-resolution version includes all the detail, etc. So, yeah, there was kind of things pointing to either way. 
Anyway, I wake up this morning and the image has been removed from all the sites that it appeared on. Uh, an article on cyberscoop.com claimed to have had an official correspondence with ODNI who said via email that the National Intelligence Manager for the Air Domain, known as NIM-A, quote, erroneously posted an unofficial and incorrect logo, unquote. So pretty weird, really, how that turned out because it, it sort of, I suppose it wasn't a hoax, you know. It was actually posted by them, but it was posted apparently in error. What a bizarre situation. You know, what What do you guys think of all that then? Do you think there's um, some kind of a deliberate messaging going on perhaps? Was it just a mistake? Is, is there anything we can take from this? And uh, perhaps start with you, Ash. What do you yeah, reckon? It, it's, it's very Roswell-ish where it's like, yeah, we, we, there's a flying saucer crash. Day later, oh, no, no, it wasn't. It's like put something out there and then take it away. It's like what what's going on? I mean, like you said at the start, the website was very shoddy. Like the first time I read about it, I was on my phone. So I went on my mobile version of the site. It's just impossible to use. It's just like I made better sites and I can't use WordPress or anything, but I can do better than this. Like this can't be an official this can't be something like this can't be a government website. Obviously just obviously America loves its letters. Uh Nime Odney, it's just letters everywhere now when i was looking through the site i was trying to find so then i was sort of looking like with it being dot mill like what sort of website i've never heard of a dot mill site obviously it's an american thing then like you say it is it can only be used by actual sort of military departments which is interesting as anything it is a legit website so is the image legit and the, the image itself like I say you've got the, the three plane well the three aircraft Got like the normal plane, the drone, then you've got the blue one, which I'm not sure if people worked out what it is yet. I'm not really following it that much. If we know what that it's blue plane is, is it's it like some kind of hypersonic weird. defense thing or something. Mm. Mm. It's like sort of it's deliberately shown to be sort of further than the other aircraft. I think on purpose to show it's more developed or something. I don't know. And then you just got the flying saucer down to the left. Yeah, it's just <laughs> I say it's interesting. It's it's good to look into for a few hours. Uh, looking around the site, and there's a couple of the links went to Wikipedia entries. So I'm like, why would a, like a military site use Wikipedia that anybody can change Wikipedia entries? So because you could make that then say anything, and it's linked from an official site. So that again casted doubt. So it's just really really weird. But it, it was fun. It was, a, it was a, a fun fun couple of days looking looking at the. Uh, or fun day actually looking at that. Yeah, it was interesting to see all the the amateur detectives coming out of the woodwork. Everyone had mm-hmm. their own take on it. It's a bit like Calvin recently, you know, that all the various different ideas emerged. Yeah, any sort of thing. Uh, in my living room, mostly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what do, what do you reckon, Charlotte? Your thoughts on that? On the on the logo, I just think yeah, um, interesting. Um, I thought it looked like that Costa Rica one, like John Greenwald had said. Um, but yeah, initially, I think I did think the lettering looked a little bit weird and different to other logos that are similar. But I just thought, you know, the amount of weird logos they have with random stuff on it. I just thought, yeah, maybe they've done that. Maybe it's just a kind of joke, or we'd even leave UFOs behind, you know, with our tech. I don't know, but yeah, it it when things sound dodgy, like you're on about those attention to detail bits, you know, often it is because it's dodgy, isn't it? You've got to really notice a thing spelt correctly. You know, they're using the right tenses and things. You can sometimes you get just whiffs of something that someone's hacked, but then 
if it's been hacked, they're saying they actually did it themselves erroneously, like you said. So how does that happen? Was it a joke? Was it something someone knocked up and got it in under a manager's nose who didn't notice or something? You just don't know. Or did someone get a bit iffy and edgy about a UFO being on it when someone wanted to put one on? I don't know. None of it makes sense. So, yeah. Yeah, it's very bizarre. I sort of wondered if it was like the the intern was in charge of web maintenance for the day or something like that, you know. (laughs) It's like... Yeah. Bit bizarre, isn't it? It's really weird. I really did like as well that guy who said I'd fixed it and made it all into UFOs. Great. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What do you reckon, Greg? So it looks like a typical intranet site of some large corporate company. I won't lie. It does. Um, Of which an intern quite possibly could be in charge of of all the graphics. Um, So I was looking... If you scroll down on the, had it on the laptop, scroll down to the bottom, it would talk about who, like the, um, who was hosting it. And you click on the link to that and it takes you to an official US government, like web hoster for, for their own sites. And I think we were going backwards and forwards at one point, Frank, on Twitter, just talking about, um, some of the links I put down there. I'd gone through some of the links, and you go onto it, and there's presentations about hypersonic defense um, capabilities and how they would intercept missiles um, at sea. That suggests to me that at least part of that was legitimate site, because that is a lot of effort to go through for what essentially could be a um, a dodgy site, but. I don't know. And then for it to be taken down, like you've all just said, you, you take down a logo as quick as it goes up and that, that's even more guilty of being something that you're trying to make out it's not. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It looked. It all looked quite nice. And on, on the laptop, it actually just looked like a corporate intranet site. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been partial to a few of them over, over the years. But, um, I don't know. Haven't we all? Mm. Somebody's just po- got on the phone and gone, take it down now. Take it down. And, <laughs> yeah. And that's it. They said, right, we're not going to talk about it again. Just take it down now. And that's the end of the conversation. Yeah, I, I sort of wondered if it might have been um, a, a draft, you know, like a draft of a website perhaps. Mm-hmm. You know, like sometimes if you're making a website, you do a – like you know a draft version of the page but you don't actually publish it to go live and maybe they've been like playing around like either as you know potentially it could have even been a joke you know they just did it for a bit of a laugh like, uh, like, a like an, an exercise for like people who are you know the training up on graphic design like make yeah. a, a hypothetical logo and do a, a, a you know a pretend website page yeah. for it and then Somebody, some poor intern has accidentally (laughs) pressed publish and then they've they've ended up getting an absolute roasting. I don't know. Is it that? Is it it like they were hacked by the Russians who've put it up there as a joke? I wondered that. It could be anything, couldn't it? (laughs) And then that Lou Elizondo stuff didn't really help, did it? Where someone had, you know, got a bit of a breadcrumb that talked about those people. So it it made it muddier straight away and made it look real. So, yeah. I mean, I've got I've got some a bit of um, some notes about that. Um, anyone got anything to add before I delve into a bit of a ramble about Lou Elizondo's breadcrumb? I did a. Um, I've gone. Sorry, I was going to say I've done a reverse image search on Google of that logo. Nothing else come up. It didn't point anywhere else. Other similar 
sort of like three-layer agency type corporate <clears> images <throat> and logos come up, but that one didn't come up. And I thought if it had been somewhere else on the internet, like 4chan or Reddit or somewhere, it would have come up, but it didn't. Mm-hmm. So, again, that was one of the things I was thinking, well, actually, it could could be. Do you think if it was hacked by some way, they probably wouldn't admit that they've been hacked yeah. to save face a little bit, but then wouldn't it take the whole site down, not just remove? So like they just remove the image from the website files. So it's just like a thing. In it. So it's like, well, just sort of making more, t- drawing more attention to the image. Yeah. Like the image, not the whole That's website's always. gone, just the image is gone. So when they do put something up eventually, oh, let's see what the image is now. It's going to draw more attention to it. So mm. it's and then all, we won't it's, believe it, will we then? <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, it might be different. We've seen like two versions of the source. It might be a third version. That might be what they're changing. You know. Yeah. Maybe they're going to put more sources in and triangles yeah. and all kinds of things. So there wasn't enough UFOs. But, tetrahedrons. Yeah, I, mean, I just want to get that in there because no one ever calls the pyramids tetrahedrons. But I think that's what they are, tetrahedra. Maybe that's what it'll be on the next patch. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> my my take on, on this whole thing, I mean, it's interesting anyway, just as a standalone thing, if any, uh, you know, government de- department or, or group or whatever, you know, had, especially if there were anything to do with like aviation, if they had something to do with the UFO, interesting anyway, but particularly interesting because NIM was actually referenced by Lou Elizondo back in March 22 in an interview with Joe Mergia. And uh, Lou Elizondo said the following, quote, two days ago was a historic day. I am very pleased to announce that there was a significant, significant, and I can't overstate significant milestone achieved about a day and a half ago. Without going into a lot of detail, it may come out public, it may not, but I think the NIM Aviation, the National Intelligence Manager for Aviation, under the Director for National Intelligence, a two-star general needs to be significantly applauded. There was a significant effort in that I think is certainly in the interests of the United States and the American people that just occurred. Never in the history of the topic of UAPs have we got to this milestone, and that was just achieved. And by the way, I think it's a step in the right direction for transparency. I think the result of what just happened will result in a trickling down of information to the public where it belongs. So when people say, oh, I want to see another video, a significant step was taken a couple of days ago towards that direction, unquote. So I think it's safe to say that whatever it was, it was significant. There's enough mentions so, of that word in there, isn't there, to make that point pretty clear. But I yeah, don't think so, it doesn't sound like it's about a logo, does it, really? <laughs> you no, know, either. I don't think it is uh, specifically referring to, to the logo. Um, t- Tim McMillan also uh, shared uh, the following comment on Twitter as well. Tim McMillan, the founder of The Debrief, and uh, somebody who's very well up on this topic, a very credible journalist. So Tim said on Twitter, Quote, yeah, Lou is talking about General Dan Simpson. Lou is referring to the early actions that would lead AOIMSG to become Arrow, which meant that NIM had to be a part of the loop for national intelligence estimates on UAP, unquote. So that seems to be what Tim McMillan reckons he's talking about there rather than specifically a logo. So my, my sort of take on it is that there's probably some interesting things going on within the ODNI. And I, I don't think what Lou was actually referring to was the patch itself. 
you know, but the patch itself may have been under consideration and, you know, posted without it being fully finished, like a draft version like we mentioned earlier. That sort of would explain some of the inaccuracies and whatnot. And I think you could still look at this as a positive sign in a way because the inclusion of a UFO in the patch of this particular organization might suggest a bit of a wider acceptance of the UAP topic within ODNI. But I don't know, perhaps that's wishful thinking because like, you know, I think we were all sort of saying these patches are a bit tongue in cheek and, and wacky often. And there's some pretty yeah. wild examples of like patches with wizards and aliens on stuff. But where I thought it was a bit different in this case is that this is the logo of an organization that's actually directly involved in the UAP chain. So where, where they normally totally downplay the topic as much as possible this sort of seems to hint at actually having a public symbol of acceptance of the topic which is a bit unusual like i think bray and moultrie the hearings you can't imagine them coming out with like a, a badge with a saucer on, a, on, the, on the jacket or something can you you know it's like the last thing that they would ever do so yeah i suppose when the, with that that context it's perhaps you know a little bit more interesting so uh anything to add on that ash I think the point you make about be- the badge has been a bit tongue-in-cheek. Like, if someone pointed out, I think the Space Force logo is, like, very similar to the Star Trek mm-hmm. one. We think, is, is it the same person that sort of made this one? The same graphic designers? Like, let's all... It's got a bit of a brief, and let's all let's include this. Let's do it a little bit tongue-in-cheek. Let's have a bit of fun with it, rather than being all, like, stuck-up serious with it. It could be that aspect to it as well. And I think when you mentioned about Gloria's and stuff, I think a lot of people in this community are guilty of like making a sandwich out of a breadcrumb and they will look anywhere to link things together to maybe there's a bit of confirmation bias or something in there just trying to link everything together to say yeah this is the proof this is what you're talking about this is now fact this is what you're talking about this is where the truth's going to come from which is it could be we don't know we're still waiting to see what's going to happen over the next months and years but i think we have to be mindful that it probably isn't relating to this like you say. Mm. Yeah, it certainly doesn't seem like the the patch itself. Um, yeah, it's sort of debatable whether it could be something, you know, a more of a broad thing within that particular area. But, yeah, I don't think he was talking about the patch, was he? The amount of times he mentioned the word significant in that quote, I don't think the patch is that <laughs> significant, is it? <laughs> you know what I mean? But what, what do you reckon, uh, Greg? Looks like you're, you're itching to add some comments to the scenario. No, just saying, I've just sent you the version of the, the, the laptop version that I was looking at yesterday. And I think um, it, it does just look like some internal website. It doesn't, that's, I mean, it, it all, it's all set out lovely for me. I don't know what, what you was looking at on Ash. Um, but it's got videos and all sorts on there that were on there yesterday as well. And it, I don't know, it just, I don't know, it, it looked like a, a pretty genuine website. And like you say, if it had been hacked, they'd just take the whole thing down. I just, I think it was either accidentally put up or it was prematurely put up. Maybe somebody wasn't officially um, told to, to press publish and they did. And then it went viral, and they found out. But I don't know. It looked too too good of a website to be some random hack. But yeah, I mean, like you say, as as I sort of dug through it, there was definitely 
they would have had to go to unbelievable lengths, you know, to, to make a website like that just as a publicity attempt mm-hmm. or whatever. Overall, yeah. I was just glad that it wasn't like some kind of a, a new app that someone was trying to promote or something like that. There's been a few of those recently. Where, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The launch of a new cryptocurrency and they've made some kind of really elaborate like fake website or something like that. It doesn't appear that that was the case, I don't think, does it? It does seem no. to be... Because like the ODNI wouldn't be making official statements saying like, yeah, it was posted to our site, like if it was some kind of a fake mm-hmm. website. So it strongly suggests that it it is theirs. But yeah, yeah it's a weird one. I think like uh, uh, we were saying earlier on as well, what what are they going to do now then? Like, because surely in a couple of weeks or however long it's going to take, they're going to have to post a new patch, aren't they? And what's that going to have on it? Is a source not going to be there or, you know? It's a weird one. Also, like I think you touched on before, Frank, I think it's a really good point that actually we're so jaded in this subject, we forget that these words and things are led in, le- in the legislation already. So, you know, there's things like, you know, focusing on the non-man-made, that would be enough to put in some symbolism to include things that are non-man-made. You know, that is kind of what that office is to do, I guess. So, it, it just it's it always seems unbelievable to us when anything comes up, whether it's legit or not. But actually, it is in their wording, so it wouldn't be unbelievable for them to create a logo with that kind of thing in, I guess. So you, you do have to keep open minded a bit, even though you want to go, "Oh, come on." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like that's it. It's a, it's a good point. I mean, it could just be purely that their part of their remit sort of thing is to look at you know various different things that are in the sky, and some of those now also they're required to look into anomalous sightings, and the saucer just represents that, doesn't it? So, yeah, it could. I think Nick Pope said something like that, didn't he? Maybe it just means the unknown a little bit and something mm. broader than just that shape. <laughs> so who knows? Yeah. I think it's a pretty cool patch, anyway. I mean, I, I'll, I'll definitely like have a t-shirt with that on if <laughs> if it becomes the you know the official one down the line. What about the person who's knocking them out, I think, who'd already ordered some? Would you get one of those? <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's that's the only thing that I can't really sort of figure out. Like, all right, fair enough if they've, um, you know, accidentally posted this logo on the website. But how has it got to the stage where an official military apparel website is actually selling the patch? Maybe. Well, that... well unless it's one that looks like their official military apparel when they're just kind of commercial and they've just downloaded all images and made patches of them i guess i don't know yeah i I think it's actually um a fairly legit site because a a couple of the people who sent it to me on twitter were people who are pretty sort of knowledgeable about military you know aspects of the the topic and what have you so it's then they were sort of vouching for it as like this is a good good indication that it that it's a real logo i know you can buy military patches the other way around from sites that aren't anything to do with the military so but that's mm. usually older ones but yeah mm. i don't know that's this the kind of the main thing about the whole the whole scenario that i'm not so sure about really because yeah they could have posted a the logo by accident a draft version of it or something but the mil- the patch thing mm. yeah i'll have to keep looking into that so any got anyone got any further comments on the the mystery of the patch it's just been fun, I think. Like, yeah. It's been a, a, nice, a nice break, a nice little something different to, to look at for once. It's Slight relief. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But with tones to it as well, that could be, is there something going on? Is there going to be something coming out like this? Yeah, there was actually quite a surprising lack of people at each other's throats over it. Everybody was just kind of intrigued. It was just, yeah. I've not really thought about that until just now, but yeah, that was quite nice. Yeah, for recently especially. <laughs> It's been yeah. quite bad otherwise. 
That's it. Um, right, on to the next topic then. So this is quite a big one. Um, the the stepping forward of Oak Shannon and the release of the Oak Shannon notes. So actually, the Oak Shannon notes literally only kind of came out yesterday. So I've not really had a chance to fully delve into them yet, apart from just having a bit of a flick through. But I think really the most important thing is the stepping forward of Oak Shannon just in general anyway. So we've mentioned uh, on these roundtables in the past and just I mentioned it on the podcast quite a lot about the Wilson Davis notes. But just to reiterate a little bit about, about the background before we get into the new developments, the, the notes are an alleged transcript of a meeting that took place between Admiral Tom Wilson and Eric Davis. Now, Wilson was a vice admiral and he was actually... Uh, born in March the 4th, 1946, and he's actually obviously retired now, Vice Admiral in the US Navy, and he was the 13th Director of the Defense Intelligence Agency, DIA, and that was from 1999 until 2002. Uh, Prior to that position, from 97 to 99, he served as the Director of Intelligence for the Joint Chiefs of Staff and Deputy Director of Intelligence for the Joint Chiefs, which is a position known as J2. Dr. Eric Davis is an astrophysicist who has worked as a consultant on multiple top-secret government programs and was a technical consultant to NASA's Breakthrough Propulsion Project, which ran from 96 to 2002. He's got a PhD in astrophysics from the University of Arizona, and uh, was a co-founder of a joint NASA Advanced Deep Space Transport Technology Assessment Group studying advanced propulsion physics and has authored many papers on things like zero-point vacuum physics for propulsion, uh, as well as things like traversable wormholes. And safe to say, both people have you know impeccable credentials. And uh, the meeting that the, the notes relate to supposedly about where Admiral Wilson had met up with Eric Davis to speak about, amongst other things, his frustrations at not being able to access some extremely deeply buried secret programs, which were suspected to be relating to retrieval and reverse engineering of non-human technology. So essentially, to sort of paraphrase, the, the Wilson Davis notes refer to Wilson having reached out to Oak Shannon and uh, to actually ask Oak Shannon if Eric Davis can be trusted. Now, Oak is a former manager of special projects for Los Alamos Labs and a U.S. Navy veteran, and Oak Shannon gave Davis a glowing review, and then obviously as a result of that, the meeting was set up. And during the meeting, obviously if the notes are genuine, the reverse engineering program was brought up, and it's mentioned by Wilson that after a lot of digging, he had found out that this secret program is allowed to, quote, operate without official oversight or any justification, which is a politically dangerous place to be, unquote. Mm. And the the actual details of the programs um, that are the program that is that is mentioned is that, quote, they were a reverse engineering program, something recovered years ago in the past. The program manager said they didn't know where it was from. They had some ideas on this but it was technology that was not made of this earth, not made by man, not by human hands, unquote. Powerful quote that. I always get the old, Mm -hmm. uh, the hairs on the back of the neck with that one. 
And uh, anyway, the problem with all of this is that Admiral Wilson completely denies the meeting took place and denies ever having spoke to Oak Shannon or even knowing him. And Wilson is actually quoted as having said, Oak who? when he was asked about him. But in the notes themselves, obviously, Wilson apparently said, um, quote, if you blow my trust, I'll deny meeting you, I'll deny everything said, won't meet with any more people to talk about this topic, too risky because of security violation just by mentioning it, unquote. So what was the really significant thing uh, this week was that Oak Shannon finally agreed to do an interview in which he basically confirmed the authenticity of the statements made about him within the Admiral Wilson documents, which is, you know, a lot of people are saying is a strong indication that the documents are indeed legit, which would then point towards the secret UFO reverse engineering programs mentioned as being real. Or does it? Does this actually represent inching closer to finding out what the US government has in terms of a UFO or part of one or alien bodies? Are these whistleblower protections that we hear all about that are about to be signed into law going to see further verification of this or will it have perhaps the opposite effect? I'm sure there'll be a lot of opinions on this one so uh, you guys can just add whatever thoughts you might have about it. lot to unpack there obviously. What about you Charlotte? What do you reckon? Um, well, I have genned up on it a bit more since we spoke. <laughs> um, but yeah, I realised, you know, when I was saying to you, I, d- I didn't feel like I knew a lot about it, but then look at Moultrie and Bray's response. <laughs> Perhaps I know a bit more about it than I think. Um, even my fella had heard of the Wilson stuff, you know, even if he didn't know the names and stuff, I think when it happened or as soon as this came out. So I think it is a bit out there, isn't it? Um, the interesting thing, I watched um, most of Jay's interview in Project Unity with um, Oak Shannon and I like the bit where he was talking about um, we decided in the 80s it was other dimensions or 5D or whatever. And I thought, wow, that's quite the thing, isn't it? That's what, what really stood out to me. Um, but then, yeah, I just think Bob Lazar, you know, again, Los Alamos again, reverse engineering stuff that's maybe been dug up or whatever. It just, it's weird, isn't it? It's, it just, you start piecing all these bits together as soon as you hear things. So, you know, I'm not sure about whether it's legit or not or what. I know a lot of people have kind of said it is, but it, just even getting your head around some of the things that are kind of implicated or implied in it, in the notes themselves, amazing. You know, just really difficult to know what to make of it. Because, yeah, like you say, it's hairs on the back of your neck and that sort of stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very intense, like, thought, mm. isn't it? You know, the, the, like we obviously we talk about this topic all like, the time, what? but then, like, if you're actually talking about, like, you know, a, a recovered craft and things like that. Yeah. It, it doesn't get much more kind of non-ambiguous than that, does it? You yeah. know, so. No, yeah, but definitely. not shocking that an admiral went to EG&G or whatever and wasn't let in, obviously. <laughs> but that is really interesting whether that happened or happened as it is, you know, supposed to have happened. I don't know. But yeah, really interesting all that. And I don't know. Yeah. Bob Lazar, we'll I just think, Lots. stacks up, you know. Yeah, what, what do you reckon, Greg? Let's see what you think. So this is definitely not my area of expertise, any of this. <clears throat> so I was looking at these notes yesterday, uh, and it's, there's nothing on there that suggests the age of, like the, the age of the notes, apart from the fact that there's these bits at the top on, with it, on a separate scanned page, with dates and whatnot on there, so that 
I mean, it could be any kind of like we talked about with the with the badge and that. I I, I don't. Who knows whether that piece of note writing is is legit. Um, it's interesting read where they talk about advanced theoretical physics. That's quite a, a fairly new term, considering some of the dates of some of the cases. They talk about remote viewing, which is interesting in itself, that they're using remote viewing as a way of looking at some of these cases. Um, <clears throat> there were some words, I just scrolled past it, sorry, and it said about... Um, as part of some of the remote viewing, I think it is a, yeah, an be. ET hypothesis. Where is everybody? Is one question question mark? Um, and they're looking for a list of possibilities, which is colonies could be could could, could sorry couldn't even get my words out. Colonies could or should become independent of origin. Talking about going um, remote viewing on Mars. Um, and how Putoff that we just talked about on the last um, roundtable as well. We we talked about his stuff. Um, so for his name to come up again for me, again not having any expertise in this side of it, um, was quite interesting. But there, where you talk about Los Alamos, every time there seems to be these other bits coming through, Bob Lazar in my eyes seems to get more legitimacy. Mm. Yeah, there's there's a there's a bit of a distinction to be made between, and it's it's mm. the thing is about the Wilson Davis yeah. stuff. It's proper confusing. Like there's mm-hmm. so many names and so many different, you know, like details that all like play a big part. But there's the Wilson Davis notes, and then there's also the Oak Shannon notes, which were actually the thing that's just come out yesterday. And I think that's, that's what that's, you're talking about. That's there, what I'm talking it? about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which, which yeah. is super interesting. But that's those notes actually came out a lot earlier so i think it was it was 85 if i'm not mistaken which is a fantastic year because it's the year i actually came into the world so um yeah (laughs) that was a coincidence i would like to think quite an important (laughs) event of that year but the other important (laughs) event is the um that this particular meeting which is a it's like a it's a conference that basically involves like you say a lot of high level people with top secret clearances from Los Alamos and all the rest of it. And uh, a lot of the people who are actually still around in the, uh, the, the, the topic today is kind of like major voices and things like that. So, um, and it's, it's very interesting, actually. One of the things, I've not properly read it, but one of the things is the mention of um, a guy called Bobby Ray Inman as well, um, who was who's alleged to have been involved in all kinds of things over the years, but uh, has, has never himself actually admitted to a great deal of it. But um, he's, he's mentioned as, as a major engineering project under Bobby Ray Inman, which sort of suggests that perhaps he did have more involvement than he's letting on when it comes to it. Now it doesn't say major reverse engineering program. It does just say engineering program, but then again, the types of things that they're talking about in the rest of the, the notes, you know, you'd think it might be something like that. And uh, interestingly, there's a little drawing of a triangle on that page as well, which I thought was quite, I thought it might just be a doodle when he was making the notes, but I kind of thought, oh, no, that's all about <laughs> But yeah, they are interesting, though, aren't they? Like you say, the just to see all of those names being mentioned all the way back in '85, discussing those kinds mm-hmm. of things with, like you say, the links potentially to Bob Lazar and the the Los Alamos thing. Yeah, pretty interesting to read through. Mm-hmm. 
What do you reckon, Ash? So it's it's all a bit weird because the, the Wilson memo is one of them things which it's sort of always been around the sort of UFO community. You get the people that are diehard believers of it, people that are skeptical of it. And I've always been like, no, there's no way. Like, as much as you want it to be true, it's like, it's just, I don't know, it's just too, too, too big. But then the past year, there's further events a couple of months ago. And then with this now, it's like, actually, the chances being real is actually just so much more likely now than I ever thought it would be. We get to this point where I'm actually considering this. This is, could be like a genuine thing. It's sort of like the Calvin photo. It's been 30 years of this like historic photo that's sort of legendary. And then someone involved in it comes out and into the world. And I like, say, so that was me. I'm involved in it. This is like, this is the picture. Now we've got the Wilson memo and all the sort of folklore around that. And now we've got Oak Shannon. Oh yeah, I, I'm going to talk about it now. It's just like, it's all happening. Like, why is it all happening now? And then talk about, um, I think the last one table talked about people whistleblowers coming forward. No, it's not totally the same thing, but it's people coming now coming out and saying, yeah, this is actually the truth. This is what's been going on. And there seems to be a continuation of that happening, which is interesting in itself that we're getting, even though these are really old stuff that have been talked about for years, we're getting more new information on it like in the past couple of months, in the past couple of weeks. And it's just like, is this all like gonna be coming out now? Because it just seems like it's going that way. So it's just super exciting that, for me personally, I do think now the, these memos, this memo is real, and that's just like, like I say goosebumps. Like oh my god, like this is could be where we're going now with this. Mm. Yeah, it seems to be taking centre stage a bit. I feel like in in the topic, you know, like Gary Nolan and Tucker Carlson talked about it like really clearly and just said, "Look, I, I think it's real." You know, I know Eric Davis who supposedly wrote the notes, and one of the, the people have described uh, the Oak Shannon thing as being like a bit of a missing link. You know, because obviously, like you know, if you're interested in this topic, it doesn't get much better than like people who are at the very top levels of intelligence in the US government trying to uncover a secret reverse engineering program where they've got sources and stuff like that. It's as good as it gets, mm. you know. But like the all of the various different, you know, verifications and things like that that have, that have come recently, it, it really is kind of edging it towards the center stage where it's kind of almost becoming like the, the main focus. And it's quite surprising when you hear people like, Gary Nolan talking about it on Tucker Carlson and Oak Shannon now coming forward. Previously, the sort of missing link because he was one of the people mentioned in the Wilson Davis notes and, you know, nobody could contact him. He wasn't interested in doing interviews. I think part of the reason is he had some really bad health issues. Uh, he had like a heart attack or something and um, uh, yeah, was, was out of the public, didn't want to engage with people and things like that for various reasons. And now that, that missing link has actually come forward. Not only has he come forward, but he's actually verified. The, the key thing, the key takeaway is that he uh, he has verified in that interview that he was contacted by Admiral Wilson. And Admiral Wilson did ask him what he thought about Eric Davis, which is kind of like one of the, the core things in the Wilson Davis notes, which is just pretty huge, isn't it? You know, it sort of really does seem to back up all the version of events that that sort of listed in the notes. And he did say to me as well, Frank, that he, he um, Wilson may not have remembered him because of you know how many people he would have met and stuff. And he said he only just kind of knew him through working in the same kind of things, and he knew him. But it doesn't mean that it worked both ways. So 
mm. you know that he seemed really credible and really down to earth i thought yeah that that's do you, do you think that that is the case that wilson doesn't remember or do you think he just has to say that he doesn't that he doesn't know him because he can't admit to anything that could you know be a violation of his security oaths and things like that I don't know. I don't know what to make of these people sometimes. You, know, you just can't imagine why would they be so weird about these things, really. But I guess, yeah, there's all kinds of motivations, isn't there? Yeah, maybe he just didn't know him and he didn't want to put his name to something or maybe he did remember him or maybe he would have known him if he'd have seen him but didn't know his name. Or I mean, hard to forget his name, really, but I don't know. I it's I don't tricky know spots, isn't it, for him? It's yeah, like, we're not there, but like they're obviously in these positions and... Yeah. God knows what they know and what they That's it. can't you've, say, what they can't say and stuff. So it's it's hard. You've got to bear that in mind, haven't you? And, you, you know, just because they say no to something now doesn't mean later they won't go, all right, you know, that was me or whatever. Or So, you know, I think things mm. can change a bit. We shouldn't give up hope just because someone said, no, I never said that. You never know, do you, really? But maybe it's just mm. difference of opinion. Maybe one remembered it one way and one the other, you know. And you think if somebody says, I don't remember meeting him, that's not saying I didn't meet him. No, exactly. I, him. That's just I saying, don't remember loads of stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it might have happened. It might not have happened. At least yeah. that way, if you ever pulled up on it, you go, well, I always said I could never remember it. Because yeah. there'll be a photograph somewhere along the line somebody's yeah. taken. They go, there you are. And you go, I can't remember. I, I did wonder on a slightly side tangent. I'm really sorry if this is too tangenty. But um, when Oak Shannon was talking about, um, you know, we considered it something sort of maybe in the spiritual realm, spiritual beings like demons or angels or both. I just thought, oh, God, is this where that whole demon thing came from? And it's just carried on a little bit. And in the, I know it was sort of in the Air Force, really, wasn't it? But, you know, I just thought I wonder as well if maybe they're right. And it's like a spiritual realm is just really another way of saying a different dimension. So the two are sort of interchangeable. It's not that it's necessarily demons and angels, but maybe that's all the reference point we've got. It's something from beyond our normal existence. Therefore, it almost is that sort of thing, mm. which just did my head in and then I couldn't think about anything else. So. Yeah. No, I like that. That's an interesting uh, tangent. And it sort of makes me think like, um, you know, the reason for, that level of secrecy you know these people who supposedly have actually been involved in looking at these things and just completely deny you know any involvement any knowledge of the whole thing even though there's kind of multiple things that sort of point to the the fact that they did have involvement directly you know is it just a case of people are you know, now happily retired and they don't want people coming after them knocking on the door if they, if they even go close to violating security oaths, which is sort of understandable. Mm-hmm. You know, you've worked hard all your life, you've got a family, you just want to enjoy your retirement. Or is it something like you were saying, um, Charlotte, where they've actually figured out that like there's some really, you know, pretty spooky aspects to this and they think that it would freak people out if it came out, you know, that rightly or wrongly. Mm-hmm. Or is it just more of a case of they they haven't actually made any progress? They, they might have some weird stuff, but they've not been able to figure out anything at all. And they've had no... Because actually in the notes, that's kind of what it talks about. That they've had very little progress and it's like frustratingly slow progress. You know, so it's like kind of what is the reason for the, you know, the secrecy? And there's obviously a lot of other options that I haven't just mentioned as well. Mm-hmm. So it's... Strange yeah, I think to they've think got about, to be important, it? haven't they? They've got to be really important. The fear thing and 
what is this weird thing? Is it going to scare people? And what is this weird thing? We can't really suss it out and we're embarrassed. So, yeah, I do feel overall it is to do with all that kind of stuff, isn't it? Mm. Ego and not knowing. And the other thing that you mentioned about Greg as well is the links to Bob Lazar and things like that. What 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 do you make of the, the Bob Lazar thing? Do you reckon it's going to be a case of things like this will point more towards his story actually being proven true or at least parts of his story? I mean, I've I've always been on the side that I quite believed him, to be fair. Me too, yeah. I mean, there's small things right in the air, like <clears throat> they've gone back where they were saying, oh, he, he was never employed at this place or he never studied at this place and there was a phone directory with his name on it. Mm-hmm. So straight away, they go, well, if they were lying about all of that and get picked up on a small detail, what else are they trying to wipe him from the records elsewhere? I just, personally, I've always liked his story. I think it's great. I've, I'm not a fan of the Jeremy Corbell documentary, I'll be honest with you, because of the way he shoots his documentary. It's not my thing. But it's all a bit too Jeremy Corbell rather than Bob Lazar. But, it's good um, as meditation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's very sort of It's very weird. trippy. Yeah, yeah, it's very trippy. Very trippy. That's, yeah. that's a great word, trippy. Um, yeah, I've always liked the Bob Lazar story. I really have. And this, this wacky guy who's building jet-powered cars in um, gets this job and discovers all these things, then goes rogue, essentially, and gets George Knapp on the case. It all blows up, and they're like, shit, we need to, <laughs> we need to plug this. Right, let's wipe him. Or It's like something out of a, like a, a Hollywood, like a Spielberg story. It really is, this weird freak gets this tech nerd gets employed by area 51 it all goes slightly sour and he goes a bit rogue and then they try and get rid of him yeah it's it 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 wouldn't i don't even think it'd be as fun if it was a film i don't you'd go that's so implausible that would never happen yeah I think it's it's well, too you know, far fetched. Yeah, look and at all the films, and now they're all coming true, aren't they? Whereas yeah. before we might have gone, that was a bit far fetched, and now we're like, oh, that's real now, <laughs> right? And, so, and I know some of it. You um, you got bits, and they go, well, he might have known about that from stuff that was in the paper, like white papers and um, like university papers about elements, and but. He might not have. He might have genuine. And like me and Ash have said on the podcast, if some of these stories that people are telling us, if only 1% of what they're telling us is true, that in itself is fantastical. So even if he only worked at Area 51 and didn't see anything, that's pretty cool in itself. He knew about Area 51 because he was able to take George Knapp out at certain times and his friends, and they all witnessed stuff when he said it was going to happen. So he knew something about the place. That's my thoughts. I could go off I'm for with ages you, Greg. on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love I'm it, Greg. Plus, yeah. it's a true underdog story. He has, yeah. for years, has fought the system, and they're all yeah. going, you didn't exist, you didn't exist. And he's like, right, I did. And then all of a sudden he blows up on Joe Rogan, and he's yeah. there with Jeremy Corbell. Yeah, having his migraine. Yeah, having his migraines, but he's there talking to 
quite possibly the famous podcaster that's ever been and changed the platform for all of us to get involved in podcasting and stuff. Um, yeah, it's, if only a small part's true, it's insane and mm-hmm. I believe him. <laughs> yeah. No, I've, I've been thinking about it because obviously there's a lot about whistleblowers, you know, legislation going through to allow people to come forward. So it, it'd be some kind of irony, wouldn't it, after all these years, like whistleblowers mm-hmm. come out and they go, you know, yeah, Bob Lazar was telling or something to the effect of, you know, proving <laughs> yeah. Bob Lazar was right all along. And it'll sort of all go back full circle to <laughs> one of the original sort of whistleblowers, wouldn't it? You yeah. know? Yeah. Like I yeah. said on the last round table, this whistleblower thing is it's not worth the paper it's written on because regardless of whether or not they'll be prosecuted is is not the same as limiting your career path going forward. Yeah. There are there are different ways they can make it difficult for you going forward. Absolutely, you'll be passed over for promotion, and they can do it. They can make yeah. people disappear in a desert if they want, and they can like they can dampen down and hide UFOs for the last fifty years. I think somebody coming forward, they can. Yeah, it's a really good point. That you know, a couple of people messaged me after that episode and said, uh, "Oh, Greg's point about that was was a really good point because it's true." You know, yeah. legal protection is one thing, you know, but yeah. like all the other things, you can't There's necessarily lots of protect ways. from. They can cut your brakes on the car without anybody knowing about it. Yeah, and kill even, you. If, even if it's just like less clandestine stuff, like someone doesn't like you anymore, exactly. or you don't get offered that job, or exactly, you know, exactly. people wish you hadn't said something. And yeah. I suppose you'll get those brave people, won't you? That'll just do it anyway and won't care. Yeah. So yeah. you just hope for those. But yeah, yeah, there's ways and means that they can make people be quiet. Mm. Unfortunately, I suppose it depends as well what stage people are in the career. Because if someone's like a, I think we may have mentioned this last time we spoke about it, but if you're, you know, let's say you're, you know, you're fairly new to the profession, you're in your thirties or whatever, and you're trying to make your way, the chances of, even if you've got legal, legal protection, you're probably not even going to think about it, are you? But if you're coming upon retirement, perhaps, but then I suppose there's the things of like, you know, how could it affect how you end up retiring, you know, they sort of like, oh, actually, you know, we're going to sort of cut down on your pension a little bit or, you know, things like that. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of different ways to think about that, isn't there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it it looks great. We'll give give you all the protection you want, but you'll never say a thing. Uh, That's that's essentially it. Anything to add on that, Ash? Well, I'm thinking now in my head is, is someone going to come out and have some evidence that Majestic 12 ever existed? Because that's something I've always just thought that is just bullshit. But it's one of them where there are staunch believers in it and that they talk about it as if it's fact. I, mean, I don't know if anything has changed in the last couple of years. I'm not, I don't know. But as far as I'm aware, it's just, it, that's just always been bullshit. But something could come out. That could be the next thing. Is, oh, yeah, yeah that, that was me on Majestic 12. That's, it was all true. Yeah, so, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, we're just going to have to wait and see, aren't we? I mean, I think my little roundup take on 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 that side of things with the the wilson notes etc is the there are some pretty strong allegations from you know people who have been in these secret murky hidden parts of u.s government and intelligence structures and you know the allegations are basically just that at the moment aren't they i mean it's looking a lot more like 
you know, there's something to that from the verifications of these these Wilson notes. But what we actually need now is to to really see if there really is anything to the allegations. And the best way to do that, you know, even though it's not a perfect solution as we've just been talking about, is probably to have the whistleblower protections mm. set in stone. Perhaps they need to go further, you know, based on what we've been discussing. But I think if sorry. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to chip in and say, I think also like, you know, that Congress stuff where we had Gallagher asking those like pointed questions and, and other members of Congress who were sort of ginned up. That's a forum where questions can get asked to the top people and they don't have to be protected by whistleblower stuff. They can just ask the question. So I think, you know, the more we talk about this stuff, the more it comes out, the more we inform Congress and get them on board and all that stuff that happens behind the scenes they're going to ask the top people anyway and put them in a difficult position. So I think sort of almost by hook or by crook, these things get sort of shoved in the face of the the people we want them to and they have to respond at some point and either they have to go down a lie route or just come forward with something. Absolutely. The other thing as well is that I suppose if the the way that people are allowed to come forward I mean, the, the, the whistleblower protections are pretty far-reaching as well. You know, if you read the IAA, they really kind of go into some specific details about making sure that the channels that are available for people to even come forward with information are, you know, completely bulletproof and stuff like that. So there's always the possibility that it's not necessarily someone's going to be there in a live congressional hearing in front of the public streamed on YouTube. It might just be something where it's completely behind closed doors and the people who need the information can get it, but it doesn't necessarily even come out that, you know, like to the colleagues or whatever it might be or to the public. So that aspect of it could, could end up, you know, being the way it goes. But yeah, I think like, you know, if the actual content of these notes is anything to go off, the people who, have got close to finding out about what's really going on are pretty worried about even talking about it, aren't they? Like, you know, all the people that we've just been mentioning there, you know, because of that level of secrecy that's around it. And, um, you know, the exciting thing at the moment is that there are things actually going through the system that might get us closer to actually finding out what's going on. In the early part of 2023, we might actually see more hearings. Maybe some of them will be closed, but maybe some will be open. And we'll actually get a bit closer to getting some answers, hopefully. I mean, Chris Mellon, um, you know, actually had a very similar position to Admiral Wilson at one time. Mm -hmm. You know, it said that he's spoken to people, like plural, who are waiting to come forward. So that suggests there's more than one. And as as we mentioned, Dr. Gary Nolan has said that the same thing. Uh, and, And Dr. Gary Nolan actually said that the people who are coming forward are not currently in the public eye. So we're not talking about, you know, your Eric Davis or somebody who's already known that it's going to be people who aren't, haven't, haven't already stepped forward. And and I was actually reading as well when I was putting my notes together for this, uh, Oak Shannon himself actually expressed to Jay from Project Unity, who did the interview with him, he expressed that he would be willing to testify before Congress if he got asked to do so. So, yeah, I mean, the other thing that's important to remember is that even if Eric Davis did write the notes, which I think it's, you know, it's getting pretty clear that that seems to be the case by this point. And even if the contents of the notes did actually represent what was said in that meeting, all of that itself isn't necessarily a smoking gun of anything. You know, they were discussing things based on having heard this from this person and mm-hmm. we'd, we'd actually need 
the people actively involved in the programs themselves to come forward and you know testify and preferably with evidence before we can sort of declare that this is factually going on sort of thing but it's an exciting time to see how it unfolds you know if we don't end up blowing ourselves up in world war three and forced to hunker down to survive a horrific nuclear winter we might actually get some answers on all of this finally eh? but uh, fingers crossed we'll all survive and uh, we'll find out what's going on (laughs) anybody got any bits to add add on that little note there (laughs) What can right, you well, say? I think, what I, can you ask? I, I think I think we need something to look forward to in these these bleak times of uh, you know the the way things are in the world at the moment. Yeah. So, so last but not least, we've got a film coming up that we we'll, we can all look forward to watching, which is James Fox is back with a brand new documentary about the 1996 Virginia incident which is an alleged UFO crash and capture of strange creatures. Uh, many people have called it like the Brazilian Roswell and uh, the film Moment of Contact is an in-depth investigation of that particular case which terrified uh, the locals of the area and it sort of um, follows up on the the recent uh, movie The Phenomenon and James Fox actually went to Brazil to the area to actually track down victims boots on the ground as they say and uh, has done pretty uh, you know thorough amount of research and the film's been a few years in the making and uh, it basically explores the the lives and times of the people who are actually present at that moment of of contact and he's he's brought in experts witnesses and you know he's really James Fox has really kind of thrown his whole reputation behind this particular case and he, he claims to be so um, you know, confident that it's a genuine case that he's willing to put his entire filmmaking reputation behind this case, and he's really kind of clear about that when he spoke about it in interviews, which is you know makes you think, you know. But uh, Fox has done a range of other excellent films, such as I I Know What I Saw, uh, which actually features some particularly uh, interesting witness testimony about the Phoenix Lights case. And uh, as I said, the Phenomenon movie, which pretty much sets the standard for UFO documentaries in this day and age, in my opinion. And uh, the trailer for Moment of Contact is out now. Anybody who's listening can go and watch it. You just have to Google Moment of Contact trailer. And... uh, and the the interesting thing is that James Fox appeared on the Howard Hughes podcast recently, where he confirmed that he's actually been able to locate actual photographic and video evidence of the alleged alien bodies associated with this case. And he said, "Oh, alien beings. I'm not sure if it's exactly bodies, as then they were dead. I think it's not exactly clear whether they were dead or alive in the in the footage." And he said that they've been trying to negotiate a large cash reward in return for the footage and that the footage wasn't in the documentary yet, I think he said. But as it's so close to the release date, I think it's been unlikely that it'll end up in the film at this point. The film's out on the 18th of October digitally for anybody who's wondering. So, yeah, pretty intense case, that one. I mean, it seems to have it all, a UFO crash, entities, people coming face-to-face with an alien creature, you know. And um, the rumour is as well, by the way, that the craft, debris, and bodies were actually taken into the custody of the United States. So this could have actually ended up in them same programmes that we were just talking about, if those programmes do exist. So, yeah, 
what do you guys think? Are you excited for the film? Do you think we'll see that footage of the aliens at some point in the film or out of the film? Uh, any other thoughts that you might have? Greg, you're shaking your head. What are you saying, mate? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I remember this in the news and the newspapers back in 1996. So I was a lot older Old. than you probably were, Frank. Um, so <laughs> Younger than me. So as point of reference, I was 19, I think, at that time, if that. Um, so I remember, I do remember this, and I remember the descriptions of the, um, it's like the drawings of the entity that the, 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 the locals saw, like a hunched down, sort of almost crouching down kind of alien. Um, but again, I to say that you might have some footage that may or may not go into the, a future release screams publicity to me we we've just spoken to somebody who you know on a podcast that sold a documentary based on an alleged alien photograph and there was touted around global media as this and the day the documentary landed the person who took the photo said it was uh, sorry said that it sold the rights to the photo and it couldn't be used in the documentary at all. And then it come out that it was faked and all sorts. So who knows? Who knows? It's a very good way of trying to push um, a documentary that probably would have sold well anyway by going on people like Howard Hughes uh, and then saying that I've got this footage and, or I've seen the footage. It might be in the documentary. It might not. I mean, his work speaks for itself, doesn't it? I mean, exactly. You don't need to be pushing this yeah. dodgy footage that may or may not even exist. I mean, in in a phenomenon, and wasn't really anything new in there for me. Obviously, being entrenched in this, but yeah. he still absolutely the way he did it. it he did was amazing, and a bit at the end with the with the school site, it was just incredible. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that too too much about this particular case, so I just can't wait to have it presented to me by James Fox. That's what I'm excited for to. I've purposely not sort of done much looking into it so that he can tell me. That's what I'm excited to to learn that way from James. So that's, um, yeah, cannot wait. Funnily enough, mate, that's exactly the same thing that, that I'm doing. I've heard about this case, bits and bats over the years and stuff like that. And um, I've been meaning to do a deep dive on it. And then I heard about this film being in the works. I can't remember when it would have been now, maybe about a year ago or something. He's he posted quite a lot on Twitter, and like updates, like I'm down in Brazil and stuff. So yeah. been following him actually like doing it as well. Which That's is it. Good. Yeah. So I was, I was thinking, yeah, do a deep dive. On it. And then I actually thought, no, do you know what? I'm just going to not learn that much about it. So I can really like drink it all in when I watch the film, you know, and then I'll probably do a bit of follow up, you know, research on this, that and the other, but um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm not going to lie because of that reason, you know, it's going to be like a whole new case to me sort mm-hmm. of thing. So after that, it seems far fetched. You know what I mean? It seems a bit too good to be true, but then again, you know, maybe it actually is true. And the fact is, you know, James Fox, I've always thought he's got a great approach to the topic. His films are brilliant, you know, and, you know, if he's willing to put his name behind it in the way that he has, you know, maybe it really is as good as he's kind of making out. And perhaps the footage thing, a bit of a weird one. It's sort of like, I can't imagine that he would 
like ham it up, you know, to just to publicize the film. I, I kind of want to believe that maybe that's the problem, but you know, I sort of want to believe that he believes that it really is the footage, but it's not exactly clear whether he's even seen it. That's the thing. I think he's just found somebody that said that they've got it and he was trying to negotiate, a, you know, like a certain amount of money to get the footage. So maybe he'll see it. He'll take one look at it and go, oh, they've, you know, they've, they've been pulling my leg or something. We don't really know, do we? It all remains to be seen. I have a confession. But, I've still got to watch the aerial one. So that's how badly I'm doing. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there has been quite a lot, though, you know, in your defence. There's been a lot mm-hmm. of uh, films coming out recently. Yeah. So you... Nope, obviously, you know. Yeah. I haven't seen that yet. Oh, seen God, that. it's amazing. No is spoilers, it? please. Cause, uh, I, well, I don't understand. No spoilers. This isn't any spoilers, but I'll ask uh, Charlotte what you think. Cause yeah, we'll be fo- careful. I did watch, only watched it, like, recently. Yeah. And what I saw on Twitter for UFO people saying it's not a UFO movie. Yeah. I what? watched it. I was like, how is it not yeah, a UFO of movie? Yeah, Don't want to say anything more, but how is it not a UFO? I didn't understand them comments. No. Like, how can you say it's not a UFO movie? Oh, it's, yeah. That's all it I'll say on that. Yeah, okay, that's good. It was amazing. It was amazing. It's nice that we're in the field we're in in this topic because when you watch something like that and there's little nods to bits we know about, it's quite nice, isn't it? I'll say yeah, that. Yeah. I was in the cinema like, ah, yeah. Is it only but in yes, the I cinema know. or can you watch it like online at this point? I can't talk about how I viewed it. If you've got a fire uh, Okay. Right, okay. There's, there's ways and means to do it. Because last time I checked, I think it was like only it, it just come out, so it was only available in the cinema and whatnot. But yeah, obviously, you know, we we highly recommend uh, you know to to purchase the James Fox movie. Yes, and, uh, absolutely. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, definitely looking forward to that. And as I say, you know, whether it's you know whether it's actually, I I, I don't think it's going to have the entity footage in the movie at this point. I think that's that's safe to say. I don't, I just don't see how we could possibly pull that off. Now they must have already delivered the finished product and the edited version to the movie studio or whatever. I, there's no way you're going to completely pull the plug on it all and redo the whole movie, add an extra footage in when it's like what is it like three weeks away now? I can't I can't see how that's going to happen. But what do you reckon, Charlotte? Are you excited for the film? Yeah, anything like this case. is a bonus, isn't it? Yeah, great. It'd be amazing, won't it? Anything, you know, that, you know, satiates our uh, appetites. And yeah, it's great, you know, anything on this topic. But um, I think, you know, that was it UFO that got really slated before because it included a lot of those different kind of, you know, sort of maybe unverified bits of footage and stuff. That was really good, but it was kind of showing the breadth of things that go on. So I don't know. They're all different, aren't they? Some are coming from an angle of like it's a documentary and some are just, oh, this is kind of the phenomena of what people are talking about. So, yeah, I, I don't really know a lot about each of them. But Ariel, I know a little bit about, so I'm most excited about that. Yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good one. We'll see. We'll have to do a little talk about it on the on a roundtable when the the actual film has has, uh, has come out. I mean, that's definitely something we'll be talking about. It will be the next one, actually, won't we? Thinking about it, so we're in the end of September, so by the end of October, we'll probably have all seen the film. So we'll have to, yeah. When when we're back here again, we shall uh, we'll, we'll talk about you know what we thought of the whole thing. Definitely. Right. Any any got anyone got any other bits to add then before we wrap up? Can I was I going to say, say that. Yeah, go on. You go. You go. Well, I was just going to be plugging Minicon. That's what I was going to say for you. So go <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> so Greg, Frank, and I will be at Minicon Manchester this weekend. 
Um, Charlotte isn't, sadly. Maybe next time. <laughs> but yeah, we were there looking forward to it. We've got awesome stuff happening and I can't wait to see you all. Yeah, it should be really good. Uh, looking forward to meeting you guys in person. And, Definitely. Um, I hope you're not too stressed, Ash, running around trying to make all the last minute arrangements and everything. I thought oh, even. Yeah. I hope it really goes well. I think it's ace that you're doing that, mate. I think brilliant. The more things we've got on, brilliant. I was gutted I couldn't do that Leicester meetup. So I hope to meet up with you guys. Maybe we can have a North meetup or I'll actually get to something um, that isn't on a weekend when I teach or whatever. But hey, hope you have a great time anyway. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And um, is there going to be any um, UFO identified like sky watches and things like that? Or do you tend to do that over the warmer months? Uh, no, this is the perfect time. Now the night's come in early, tends to get clearer skies as well in the autumn. Um, so this, this is when we tend to go out a bit more often. So yeah, keep your eyes peeled. We'll be advertising some upcoming sky watches. Yeah, obviously anybody from the 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 northwest, I suppose, in particular of the UK, uh, if you if you didn't already know about that, Ash organises these uh, sky watch events where people meet up in like a, a pub, that kind of thing, and then you go out and uh, actually watch the sky and, and see if you can see anything interesting. Yeah, I think and, I had about uh, twenty of us at the last one. It was really wow. really good. Excellent, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'll do my best to try and attend some. It's just I have funny working hours, so I can't always make them. But hopefully, aiming to get down to the next one, and I'll be at the minicon, by the way, as well. So hoping to see a lot of familiar faces there. Okay, right. Well, we'll leave it there for now. Then, thank you, everybody. It's been a pleasure once again. Thanks so much, as Frank. Always. Done a bang thank up you. job again. Oh, thank you, everybody. It's been it's been really good fun, and I, I'm actually really looking forward to talking about moment of contact on the next one. Now that's going to be cool, isn't it? To revisit the uh, conversation. Yeah. Yep, definitely. definitely. Okay, catch you guys next time. See you later. Yeah. UFO Roundtable. The UFO thinker and pursuits of the paranormal podcasts. Oh.